I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Loose Ends, the Loose Unit spin-off podcast. I'm Paul Verhoeven. My dad, John Verhoeven, is uh, sitting way over there in Sydney. And we have something very big to announce. Now, we want as many of our listeners from around the globe to be able to tune into this, which is why we've decided to hold the launch party for Electric Blue, my sequel to Loose Units. Uh, It comes out next week. It comes out on the 18th of August, and we're doing a big online launch event. So we're doing it on Saturday evening, uh, the 22nd. But let me take you through the breakdown if you're tuning in from elsewhere. As I said, Melbourne, Sydney, Canberra, Brisbane, Hobart... We'll all be tuning you in at 7 p.m. If you're in Darwin or Adelaide, it'll be 6.30 p.m. If it's Perth, we'll be seeing you at 5 p.m. It'll still be light. That'll be weird. Dad, does it feel weird to you to have a drink in hand when the sun's still out? Paul, what happens if... Um, what time is it in Amalakalit in uh, northern Canada? I confess I don't know. Although, our American fans, I think it's about 2 a.m., so that's not ideal. Um, it is 6 p.m. in Tokyo, which is great. We have a lot of listeners over there. New Zealand, it's 9 p.m. Uh, New Zealand Konnichiwa. is Konnichiwa. What, to New Zealand? <laughs> Fucking hell. New Zealand is also under a bit of a lockdown right now. And obviously, you know, 9 p.m., you should have plenty of time. So it's Saturday mm. night, 9 p.m. Yep. Uh, if you're in London or Dublin and you're one of our listeners, 10 a.m., that's happening there. And if you're in Berlin, like my sister, uh, 11 a.m. So, and, and also say hi to Tobias, who's in Switzerland. Yes, and uh, Tobias, my uh, sister's boyfriend who lives in Switzerland, and he's brilliant. And hello, Tobias. Now, we apologize to our American and Canadian fans. You get the worst time. So it's 2 a.m. in LA, 5 a.m. in New York and Toronto. Um, now, here's the important thing. Tickets will go on sale online early next week, so on Monday next week. Now, we know times are tough, so we've all had a chat, and we've opted for a pay-what-you-feel system. Uh, We don't want anyone feeling any financial pressure right now, so if you can't pay for a ticket, please just get the book uh, when you can, or help us spread the word about Electric Blue online. So yeah, just one more time, Electric Blue comes out on when on shit on Tuesday on the twenty. Uh, on the fucking hell! So Electric Blue comes out. Oh, you're so excited! You're delirious. I know it's. Dad, writing books is exhausting. It's tough. I couldn't do it. I tried once. I did one did... page. Oh, it was a Bertie Savaloy? About the, the, the Savaloy that was a detective. But we're, we're not talking about me today. Or we will eventually, <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, this launch is going to be really fun. So, Kumi Taguchi uh, from ABC, she's going to be hosting this wonderful launch event. So, at 7 o'clock uh, Melbourne time, uh, I guess East Coast time is what you call it. So at 7 o'clock, you'll be able to buy your tickets online first thing next week. The launch goes for an hour. 
So it's a big hour-long launch party on Zoom. You can have a drink in hand and you'll be able to get given a link. You'll dial in and you will watch as Kumi and I chat about the book. Dad will come in. We'll all have a talk with Dad. So I'm invited? Damn, you're the guest of honor. Okay, but you said dial in. No No one dials. No, I've got the terminology slightly wrong. That's right. Uh, but there'll also be some appearances from other members of the Loose Units family. So, uh, mum might be making a cameo. Um, here's something very, very enjoyable for all of you. On the morning of the launch of the book, on the 18th of August, I will be on the Today Show with mum, which is pretty wild. So, you'll be able to see- I don't think she knows me. about it. <laughs> <laughs> she loves surprises, Paul. Jesus Christ. It'll be really great. So anyway, the book comes out on Tuesday and the best way you can help us celebrate it is grab a copy, tell your friends, hop on Insta and post photos of your copy of Electric Blue, pre-order it online. But again, the launch party that we're throwing for Electric Blue is on the Saturday. So it's on the 22nd, 7 p.m. All this info will be up on our Facebook page, but tickets will go on sale first thing next week. So make sure you keep your eyes wide and ready for that. Are you excited about the book launch, Dad? I'm incredibly excited. Can I bring along my ventriloquist doll? I don't see why not. I mean, it, oh, he, he doesn't do drink to, much. Do, that's not bad. Do you want to do some uh, magic tricks for the for the audience on the launch yeah, party? I might do one trick. Yeah, great. Okay. I don't we'll know how tr- you'll get. I don't know how we're going to get ten thousand people picking a card though. No, we'll. Do, I'll tell you what. We'll just. Uh, we'll have a little chat bar on the side so people can kind of weigh cool. in and Love vote it. on which card they think it is. Love it. Anyway, we've got lots of really great listener questions this week, Dad. So. Let's kick things off. Here we go. This is from Trish. Here's a quick laugh for you. Had the joy of my first and hopefully only root canal yesterday. Uh, Sidebar, Trish, I have had a root canal. It sucks. I am scared to death of dentists, so in an attempt to help me relax, I took earplugs to listen to a distracting podcast. I think I can see where this is going. I quickly decided to hit play on whatever was my next podcast. Unfortunately, due to the lack of pre-planning, I sat in my torture chair with two hands of a dentist in my mouth and a handful of heavy metal instruments that make horrible sounds, complete with full blast Embalmer podcast episode as they drilled into my inflamed back tooth. And oh dear. Oh yeah. dear. Luckily, the dentist never asked what I was listening to, thank God, but surprisingly, it definitely took my mind off the procedure. So even though I felt like I was being embalmed myself at the time, very visual experience, I found it fascinating. Oh yes, today I feel like a million bucks and no more crazy pain. So oddly, thank you. Have a good one. Trish. Well, um, maybe we could um, get that particular episode streamed into all the elevators around the world. Sure. And then the problem is it's so gripping that no one would ever leave the elevator. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think if I was going to listen to anything to kind of keep me distracted during dentistry, I would probably go for something that isn't funny. Hmm. Um, Because if you laugh... Yeah. Your head's going to move around. How are you with um with invasive dentistry, Dad? Have you ever tried to um Have you ever had to identify someone based on their dental records? I've been present um yep. quite a few times when uh, uh you remember that story about the the murder in uh, Am I allowed to talk about that or is it in the in the second book? <laughs> Which one? Well, I don't want to spoil it. Remember the murder in Kingswood, and sometimes the you can't do it because the teeth are everywhere, right? Like a pizza. I don't know what type of pizza. Let's for imagine. Let's for imagine a prawn pizza, and imagine that every prawn's a tooth. And you know how they're spread all over the pizza. Yeah. Well, that that's I've been to ones where faces look look like that, where the teeth are all over the shop, and it's just useless. You can't do it. Okay. Does that sort of paint some terrible imagery? 
Well, it's ruined my lunch. Listen, that was that was less of a question, more of an anecdote, but I do have a question here from Lee. Good morning, guys. Just listen to the embalming episode. Wow, what an interesting and disturbing at the same time session. I was wondering, if a person is embalmed and they later find out said person may have been poisoned, is it possible to find the poison in the system after digging them back up? Or would they have kept some of the blood for just in case? Or do That's, I watch wait? <laughs> such a great question. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I was... 17, maybe 16, I was in the school swimming club, uh, swimming team. There was a particular girl that I thought was very beautiful. I I, I was very fond of her. She never even probably noticed me. But years later, and I know I touched on it once, but she ended up at a party at Narrabeen and someone gave her a hot shot, which is a shot of um, high-grade heroin. Jesus. She died at the party. Mm. And there are a few listeners out there um, that I know that listen to this podcast, they will know exactly who I'm talking about. And she was an only daughter of a, a particular family. And she was very, very beautiful. And she was an incredible swimmer. I admired her from afar. I'm sure all the people or a lot of the people listening will have memories in their awkward teens when they would get a crush on someone, but it, nothing ever happened. It was sort of a, a quiet, private thing. But then I went to the morgue. I was working in forensics. This guy came up to me. And asked you if you wanted to see the body? However, her mm. contents, her stomach contents, were kept for some time in a fridge. Oh. Because they don't put everything back into the body cavity. So I remember, because uh, they can get amazing things from uh, the actual parts of the body that might take many, many months to uh, examine, depending on the backlog and the seriousness of the offence. Um, which brings me on to, remember we were talking about the power of the embalming fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. Um, but we all know, as explained, that that material that goes into your body is mighty powerful. Yeah. So perhaps we might be able to throw a question within a question out there and find out. I know that when they exhume bodies, uh, look, it's such, such a great question. And I've, I've never, ever had that question put to me. I know that when they exhume a body that hasn't been embalmed, they can get some fantastic information from the cadaver. However, if that person has been embalmed and then they exhume, bearing in mind they might not be under the ground. They could be in a family crypt. And if you've ever seen any of the uh, Frankenstein, Dracula-type films, hopefully everyone knows what a crypt is. They just have them on sort of shelves. Did I ever tell you that story, Paul, where my dad, we had to do this um, like a, an Italian funeral. We needed some extra muscle because the coffin was so heavy. Have I told you this story? I don't think so, no. And I thought it was a really nice opportunity to, my dad had retired, but I thought I could at least, you know, give him a few hundred dollars um, to help me out because this, this coffin weighed... It felt like it weighed half a ton. Right. It was a massive, called a Batesville. Um, and we sprinkled sand inside the, the crypt, which no one can see. And that facilitated us being able to get the coffin up and then onto the ledge and then slide it in. But Could you explain? My, hang on, hang on, hang on. What, how would sand help with that? Is well, it, it, it helps sort of um, in the process of sliding. Okay. Like sort of millions of little ball bearings. Oh, yeah. It's just, okay. it's just a, like a trick that I'd never seen done before, but it, it made sense. It didn't help that much. It was still a, a nightmare of a job. 
but it was I have a feeling and I'm going out on a bit of a limb here but I'm I'm prepared to say to the listeners that this actually was a member of dare I say it the mafia this was a big funeral and I I I asked a few people because there was a particular guy that every single person paid respect to and I was taken aside and explained to me that he was a mighty powerful figure within the community. So you can draw your own conclusions from that. But everyone wore black. There were probably a thousand people. It was a full mass. It was the internment in the family crypt on the northern beaches. Mm -hmm. And there was a great sense of austerity. The family had paid a not a small fortune, a medium-sized fortune for the cost of this almighty funeral. Yeah. Because it's all about, um, got to be careful what I say here, but let's just say that uh, some people like to have a very, very big send-off. What and about the uh, what about this crypt that you were um, sending the coffin into? How big and how ornate and how full was this family crypt? Okay, well, it still had a few spots um, vacant. Ah, prime real estate. Okay. For people down, um, you know, down in, in preceding, not preceding, What's the word for after? Um, for just following. For, yeah, for, for people that were going to pass away down the track. Yeah. But it was a monumental small building. And they're very, very expensive. This was very ornate, mm. elaborate. You know, it had angels and all sorts of things um, adorning. And then with a big iron door and then you'd open up the door. You could only open it for special occasions, i.e. Okay. when someone was going to be interred. But here's the funny thing about this entire story. My lovely, sweet dad, now departed, he didn't have a black suit. He had this terrible light blue suit. It looked He looked like a travelling donut salesman. And it, it was so obvious... And it was slightly ill-fitting. He hadn't put this suit on for a long, long time. Mm. He had a tie that I think he'd done a triple knot, which was insane. And what happened was, and I did notice this um, because I was acutely involved within the entire process, is that most of the people were actually looking at Dad. He sort of drew their attention from the primary purpose of that particular day. Yeah. And Dad spoke about that event up until basically, when he passed away. When he, did he it happen? Had, oh, golly, that would have happened in the mid-90s. Oh, okay. All right. So, all right. So, if... So, well, let's let's do the maths. Dad would have been... Shit, he would have been my age. Okay. 60. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. And a strong, a strong guy, because he used to help me all the time moving antiques. Mm. He was a bloody strong bloke. But, um, yeah, so I think the family were a little bit kind of slightly perplexed, bemused to right. see this guy wearing a suit that had nothing to do with anything, basically. But, could have been worse, you know. Yeah, it could have been worse. He could have had a, uh, a spinning tie. He could have had a, uh, a little plastic flower that squirted napalm. Holy water, I was going to say, you know. Mm, I've got a great story, but not for today, but I've got the best holy water story ever. Um, okay. Hey, listeners, can you all just poke us if we forget to tell the the apparently amazing holy water story? That's... That's a hell of a tease. Um, well, what I'd like to do, Paul, with your permission, one day we do an episode on just major stuff-ups at funerals. Yes, like I would major. love that. I would love that. And it'll bring some jocularity and brevity. I have a great uh, email here from a listener. This is from Jody. This is from Jody Dawn. I didn't intend this post to be a question for John, but I think it is. I've seen this joke around for years, and it always makes me laugh. However, much to the eye rolls of people around me, I don't think it would actually happen like that. It's just a joke, they say, which is true, but I can't help but go to the most logical scenario in thinking about it. I imagine the heat of the cremation oven will be too hot and simply burn the kernels before having the opportunity to actually turn into popcorn. Plus, I am... Plus, I imagine the sound of the oven would be too loud to actually hear anything along with the fact that kernels will be inside the stomach, which would also dull the sound of them popping... I also imagine that the stomach acid would probably eat away at a good portion of the kernels while sitting inside the stomach before cremation. Happy to be proven wrong and continue overanalyzing stupid jokes and memes to the pain of my family and friends. Huge fan of the book, the show, and both of you can't wait for my copy of Electric Blue to arrive soon. Jody. Now, what's happened here, Dad, is, is jo- Jody's sent an email about a joke but hasn't included the joke. No. So now you and I have to reverse engineer what this joke was. So I think it was about like a, a dead body having unpopped corn kernels well, in its stomach. Okay, it's a well. Okay, that's really interesting. Mm. Um, I would have to say mm. uh, my gut feeling is they definitely pop. Was it a pun? No. It was so subtle that I didn't even get it. Really, um, you can't. I mean, that would be a great thing to do um, for shits and giggles. You could uh, lie in a coffin with popcorn. Mm. Um, but the problem is, of course, they do take up a lot of mass, and it'd, it'd confuse and bewilder uh, the 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 attendant. Imagine the attendant um, once he starts hearing popping, he opens up the little eyepiece and he looks in, and a piece of corn actually pops out and pops him in the eye. That'd be a bugger, wouldn't it? 
Oh, shit. Hang on. I just saw the pictures he attached. It's a picture of that absolute cockswab Rudy Giuliani looking shocked, but it says, eats 400 kernels of unpopped corn before, popcorn before I die. And then the guy when he cremates me, and that's the kind of... Re- okay, so it's a... It's funny. I get, I get the... And it's I get possibly the, plausible. It's plausible, yeah. Okay, okay. There All was right. a How case m- once, I believe, where someone had tomatoes growing inside their stomach. Oh, my God. Did you know about that? No, hey, I don't want you to talk about it anymore. We need cool. to pivot. I don't want to hear about it. The popcorn thing is interesting, though, because, like, there are several factors, that I think, that contribute to corn popping. There's heat. Mm. There's even distribution of heat. Because you never set, like, the popcorn bag on fire, do you? Just no, but you need, you need fat or grease or butter. Oh, interesting. And you will recall from the lady in the, uh, in the bath... Mm. Are you allowed to mention that? I believe you talked about it on the show before, actually. Right. Potentially. Okay. Well, so obviously there's a fair bit of fat in in the body. Agree? Yeah. So you've got heat, you've got fat mm-hmm. or oil, and at that sweet spot in time, now that is kind of a pun. Although I prefer my popcorn salted. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. But um, and I guess there's salt in there as well. There's a, there's a, a conflagration of um, of things happening inside. Right. And there's a possibility that everything could come together in that fine moment in time where you'd actually mm. get a perfect piece of corn. But of course, the second it came to life, yeah. literally sort of burst forth yeah. from its shell mm. and blossomed like a morning rose. Gross. It'd be, it'd be just turned black like an Armageddon kind of end of days, you know. <laughs> God. Shit. Oh, dear, dear, dear. But can I talk about something, Paul, um, very briefly? Have I ever explained that one of the questions they ask is about pacemakers and cremations? I thought we were going to do um, pacemakers later. Okay, cool. We'll do it later. I actually have a a question here from... This is from Margarita, and this is a question for you, Dad. I have a question for John in regards to funeral songs. Uh, Dad, This I thought this was relevant um, for reasons you'll soon find. I I thought this was relevant because of the song Popcorn. You know, dip, 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 dip. Yeah, anyway. I have a question for John in regards to funeral songs. My brother-in-law passed away a few years ago, and it was a small service at the graveyard. One of the songs played was Oh So Merry in Cemetery by Chad Morgan. The poor Monsignor didn't know where to look. I don't think he was expecting that. My brother-in-law had had a few beers with Chad Morgan, so that was the connection. Thanks, Margarita. Dad, what are some of the worst funeral songs you've ever had to hit play on? Oh, dear. And what are your thoughts on funeral songs in general? Like, Is it like a... Um, Look, they're clamping down. They're clamping down all the, on, on, on songs and, and overlong speeches. And What, what I do you know mean? That, well, I know that the Catholic Church is really, really coming down on it because it used to get out of control. And sometimes you'd get someone that was, um, you know, just completely thought that this was the time to explain in front of all these people that, in fact, they'd had an affair with someone's sister. I have witnessed the most horrific revelations at funerals. Have you? Oh, it's, it's, it's diabolical. It brings out the very worst and the very best. I did a funeral once, um... And I'm slightly ashamed to say this, but they actually were relatives and some of them had flown in from overseas and I was the driver. I was driving one of the limousines because they were family mm. and it was a big limousine, stretch limo with opposing bench seats, yeah, like in the movies. And all the siblings were sitting in the back and it was like this is the one time, aside from when they were little kids, that they were actually forced to all be in the same space 
and it was the longest, most depressing drive for me, and it was a long drive, punctuated by the fact that not one of the siblings acknowledged each other. They didn't talk. They didn't look at each other. It was like six separate entities being stuck in a box. And it was palpable. And I kept looking in my rear vision mirror, looking at the faces of these people, and I just thought, this is one dysfunctional family. And as as we all know, there are certain events in life. Moving house, something that you and Tegan will be doing soon. Maybe having a kid, a death in the family, any big momentous event. These things, you've got to be so careful that you don't unravel. I mean, it does bring out the best generally, but occasionally you get one person at an event that completely and utterly fucks it up. Right. And it's a one-take event, isn't it? Yeah. It's not a take two, take three. (laughs) No, 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 it's happening. It's in real time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just have to kind of... God, I have, I I organised a funeral for a fireman once. Oh God, what we could do two podcasts on this particular person. And he, I was working at Kinsella's and he was, I'd worked with him in the fire brigade, and he got me to organise his aunt's funeral, and I did a bloody good job. And the priest had the temerity and the audacity to actually speak about get ready for this God during the service and the fireman came up to me afterwards and said why did the priest have to talk about god and i thought mate you've lost the fucking plot what on earth would you expect a priest to talk about so Mm. there's an example where i bent over backwards for this particular fireman i mean i really went i i I pulled out all stops for this funeral and um and also gave him a, a big discount and that was the comment that's the only comment i got not a not a thanks mate bloody good job no, no. Why did the priest talk about God? And I thought, wow. It's like going to an Amway um, convention and someone at the end goes, why were they talking about Amway? Anyway, anyway. Got, got that off my chest. What would your funeral song be? What song do you want played as you get trundled down towards the oven? Did you say trundled down towards the oven? Yeah, ignore the specifics of that, of that visual. Just but I song? might not be cremated, Paul. I know, but what, I, really? Well, I, I haven't thought about it. Did you know that? <laughs> Isn't that weird? What, we'll cremate you, we'll bundle the ashes up, we'll shoot them into space. How's I think that's that? a bit corny. Um, what, do you, wow. what, song, what song do you want played? I'd like something um, sad, really sad, because I want everyone to cry. Okay. Something I love, something... I've had, I've had moments in my life yeah. where I've been inspired by an incredibly beautiful piece of music. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't recall those particular songs, but I'm going to actually, um, as a bit of homework, yeah. I'm going to compile a list of, say, five songs that I would love to be played mm. at my funeral. How's that sound? Tell you what I'll do. I'll chuck five in the mix as well. We'll shuffle them up and we'll create a playlist on Spotify of Paul and John death songs, okay? And it's the songs we want played as that, we get. That is, that's a, <laughs> a, that's a, a beautiful idea. Um, when I but first I, met, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I, but I don't take these things lightly, Paul. I mean... You know, I think it's pretty important. Of course, of course. You, you know that I used to play the trumpet. I do, yes, yes. I think. We and I play. actually studied trumpet through the Royal College of Music in London when I was 12, and I, I played on an ocean liner. Yeah. Did you know that? In an adults-only version of Snow White... No, shit, was it Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs or... Hang on, what do you mean? Like an, what do you mean an adults-only version of Snow White? Well, there were breasts what that the were fuck occasionally... Are you, what are you talking about? It was on a ship... Traveling but, yeah, from no, here. no. 
Paul. I'm saying this story every single time it's slightly different, and now you're saying there were tits out. What is Paul, going on? Look, Paul, just will you please? How old were you? Well, I was 12, and I was you're highly, a, I was so highly tw- excitable. Dad, what kind of eyes wide shut secret society bullshit is this that you get a 12 year old boy to play trumpet during your pornographic play? What the fuck is going Paul, on? Paul, listen. Here is a classic example, listeners, of Paul jumping the gun. I haven't finished the story. It was an adults-only play on a ship. You had to be over 18 to go because there was nudity. Okay? Do people say nudity or nudity? Nudity. Okay, so there was nudity. Yeah. And, uh, or at least I assume there was, or there were bosoms being flung around the stage. (laughs) I don't mean autonomously. I mean, connected to people. Yeah. Okay. I cannot believe that I haven't told you this story. What they did to avert my gaze. They didn't want me corrupted. And believe you me, I was so far corrupted by then. it, It didn't mean Jack, Diddley, whatever. So what they did, they cut a small hole in the curtain. And I was allowed to put my trumpet, the fuck bell. Off, I'm fuck si- off. Paul, they let me stick the bell <laughs> end of. They let me, st- mate. They let me stick the bell end of the trumpet through the little hole, and I had to play a fanfare. For, I think it was Cinderella, uh, rocking up to the ball, and I I did a few fanfares, and I was never. That's as close as I got. No one saw me. I just saw my little trumpet come out of a hole. I, I can't breathe. Oh, it's like a glory hole. I hate yeah. this. Oh, Paul, that's a very inappropriate term. That's, yeah, glory you're right. Hole. That, yeah, that's what's inappropriate. Listen, Ooh. can we just... I said Eyes Wide Shut because you recall in Eyes Wide Shut where Tom Cruise follows the sex cult to the secret rich person's house and he goes in and there's a piano player with a blindfold on playing during this, like, weird pansexual cult thing and I'm saying that that is not dissimilar to you having a oh my god the fan art that's going to come from this episode oh um I remember pulling my little um trumpet thing out of the hole and um then trying to peer onto the stage and someone had already anticipated this randy 12 year old wanted to actually get a piece of the the crumpet and they furtively just moved their back and blocked the entire hole. So I actually saw zero zip diddly squat. But that reminds me, when I worked at the Sydney Opera House, I was in charge of a topless ballet. And my job in the wings was to make sure that the staff didn't leer at the topless ballerinas. Mm. How's that for a segue? I've got a weird life, Dad. We're going to go into more of that stuff later on. But I do actually think that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Ends, our spin-off podcast. Don't forget, Monday morning, tickets go on sale for our big launch party, and we want you to be there. We want you with a drink in hand. We want you on your computer joining in on the Electric Blue launch party. It's on the 22nd at 7 p.m. All the info is going to be on the Facebook page. Um, Tickets are going to be a pay-what-you-feel-is-appropriate kind of model. It's going to be really exciting, and the book comes out on Tuesday, so make sure you grab your copy of Electric Blue. If you want an audiobook, uh, the audiobook is up for sale as well, and yeah, we'll, Dad, we'll see him at the launch party. So the, all these people are going to be there. Can't wait. And do you think I should drink that night? Oh, yeah, we both will. 
I'd, do you know what I'd love to do, Paul? And I'm a bit sad in a way because you did that podcast with the guy from My Dad Wrote a Porno. Yeah, yeah. And you were both um, imbibing. A bit soused, yes. No, but what I'd like to do with you one day mm-hmm. is, um, you know, have a have some alcohol. We're going to do it, Dad. That's what Saturday is. Oh, okay, it is literally, cool. it is a, it is us launching the book. Kumi Taguchi from the ABC from Compass is going to hop on, and she's going to host the whole thing. There's going to be cameos How from lovely. other people. Dad, it's going to be huge. It's going to be one, a big one-hour boozy launch party, and everyone is invited. So tickets will tickets go on sale first thing next week. We hope you've really enjoyed this episode of Loose Ends. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you soon. Cheerio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.